You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Good morning, church. Look at that. Now we're all awake. Some of you are able to hear now. It's great. Uh, well, hello, church. My name is Albert Roldan. Uh, it tends to be. Uh, I'm a third year, and I go to Santa Monica College, and I get to be a part of the amazing AO Westside Campus Ministry. Yeah. So as some of you know, uh, this is going to be the third part of our series, uh, Complete Joy. Steve started us off last week with his lesson on how wisdom is the first step to get joy. Awesome. And then last week, Justin taught us about how joy is not only good for our minds, our souls, but also good medicine for our body, listing off various things that actually help us, which is really, really cool. Both were fantastically done, and I'm so honored to be able to stand up here and talk to you guys this morning, just about what, what I believe joy can be. But today, we're going to talk about something a little different. We're going to talk about the absence of joy and how that affects our relationship with others and our relationship with God. You guys with me? Okay, great. Let's start with a biblical definition of joy. You know, I'm really proud of this one. You know, uh, you know, Steve and, uh, and Justin and Kenny, you know, they're all really into like finding like Greek and Hebrewic translations of things. And so I went on this like really deep, you know, deep website and I was just like searching. I'm just kidding. I have no clue what the translation for this is. I went on Google and searched a biblical definition of joy. And this is what I got. Joy is something grander than happiness. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit, and when we find joy, it's infused with comfort and wrapped in peace. It's an attitude of the heart and spirit, often synonymous with, but not limited to, following Christ Jesus and pursuing a Christian life. You see, in Justin's lesson, he talked about how joy is not only good for our minds, but good medicine for our bodies, right? That's fantastic. That gives us an answer on how to get and how to use joy, right? But I was sitting there and it it left me with a question. How do we identify the absence of joy? How do we know something is wrong? Because we know what the reciprocal of that that is, right? The presence of joy, you know, a a genuineness in someone that is, is presence despite their circumstances or situations and what is going on in their lives, right? I know you guys are probably thinking, you know, he's a college intern. He has all these fresh ideas. Where is he going with this? Stick with me, okay? Stick with me, guys. I promise I'm, I'm going to land somewhere. It might not be good, but I'm going to land. Now, this week, I had a cold. I know that probably didn't help you be less confused, but stick with me. I had a cold this week. Think about this. How did I know I had a cold? Now, for a little bit of context, I sleep with a fan on because I like the cool air on my face. Sue me. Um, But I completely forgot that when you sleep with a fan on and you wash your hair and it's wet when you sleep, that's a recipe for congestion and disaster, especially when you're supposed to speak on Sunday. (laughs) So I wake up and I'm feeling sick. 
But how did I know something was wrong? Well, you know, I had a runny nose. Uh, I had a dry cough. And I had congestion. I mean, I'm sure you can hear it now. I sound much cooler in person, I promise. Uh, most people would call those symptoms. I had symptoms. Well, okay, let's look at the actual definition of something. Symptoms. A physical indicator from the body that something is wrong. I'm going to read that again. Symptoms. A physical indicator from the body that something is wrong. Oh, oh, okay. So if the physical body has symptoms, then what does our spiritual body, our soul, tell us when something is wrong? What is a symptom of the soul? I'm so glad you guys asked. Let's turn to Proverbs 12:25 real quick. <clears throat> and if you don't have it, I'm going to read it up here. It's 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 right on uh, it's right on the screen. <clears throat> it says, "Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up." Or to pull a page out of Justin's lesson last week, "But a kind word brings joy." Oh, nice. Okay, uh, a kind word cheers it up. What a great Wait a second. Let's let's run that back just a little bit. Let's read the first part. Anxiety weighs down the heart. That that's a symptom. Anxiety weighs down the heart. That's that's something wrong. Something there that shouldn't be in a healthy system. Right? Okay. Okay, maybe you know, I get what you're thinking. Maybe that's just a fluke. Let's look at a, uh, let's look at another proverb. How about um, let's go to Proverbs fifteen fifteen really quick. And uh, you know, again, if you don't have, if you can't get there fast enough, it's right up there. So I'm gonna read a few guys. All the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful heart has a continual feast. No, wait. All the days of the oppressed are wretched, but oh. That's that's not good. That's a, that's a symptom. That's something wrong. You see, when the body is sick, it gives you a message saying, hey, I'm not supposed to be this way. But when your soul is off, when you don't have joy, it sends a message. Anxiety weighs down the heart. All the days of the oppressed are wretched. That's intense, right? I mean, please, tell me I'm not the only one that, that's thinking that. Uh, please. Yeah, you guys can speak. Don't, yeah, yeah, that's pretty intense, right? You know, in my two months of doing ministry work, I know, super impressive record. I get it. Come see me later if you want to talk. You know, I started off by watching a bunch of different lessons, different videos on different on how different ministers just spoke to people and went up into crowds and, and gave lessons. And every time I watched them, I, I got something out of it. But there was something that, that stuck with me, and that was every time I saw them, they would come up and these lessons would be a how-to series. A one, two, three, and you have this. Or do this and you have happiness. Or do that and you definitely won't have financial wealth, but you'll be happy probably. 
But it left me with the question, why do we continuously need how-tos? Why do we always need one, two, three steps? Why do we always need easy processes to get to where we need to be? I personally believe it's because we don't understand the problems. Now listen, the last two lessons in our series were the band-aid and ointment that are used to treat an infection. This lesson is a field guide on how to identify the infection in the first place. Amen? You see, it's not, it's not just about learning how to survive. It's about learning how to identify and thrive. Understanding the root of a problem allows us to have better success with the product, the end goal, the choosing of joy. See, if I had let my symptoms go untreated this week, I still could have come up here and given you guys a lesson. Get to sit here, get to talk. I'm just letting you know now, there would have been a roll of toilet, nope, tissue paper right next to me and day cool in the other. It would have been okay. You guys wouldn't have been able to hear me because I would have been coughing every 40 seconds, but I could have done it. In the same way, if we let our spiritual symptoms go untreated, we end up suffering the same consequences of it. We need to take an inward look and ask ourselves, what are the symptoms that I am exhibiting today? Amen? Thank you. And now here's Sophia Thur to share her testimony and experience with what we just talked about. Love you guys. Okay. Hi, church. Uh, my name is Sophia Thur. I'm currently a sophomore at Pepperdine University. <laughs> and I'm an, also an intern for the campus ministry. So today I will be discussing a recent period of my life where I experienced an absence of joy and how I fought to see it again. It all began when I first moved to Pepperdine's campus in August of this year to begin my RA training for the entire month before the school year started on the 30th. And let's just say I was processing a lot during that time. I started dating the amazing Vincent Lara the day after I moved in. <laughs> I moved out of my childhood home for the very first time. I was now living on a college campus for the first time as well after my entire freshman year was online. And I was experiencing major culture shock on campus due to the fact that I had been homeschooled sixth grade all the way through high school. Because of these several things I now had to process, I began to feel extremely overwhelmed, helpless, and saddened. I often tried to process and talk about these issues in depth with God and with my friends. But I still felt lost because these issues weren't being remedied and they weren't going away. At that point, I had not pinpoint the main root of what I was experiencing. So I turned to daydreaming about the past. That way I wouldn't have to face these major growing pains that I was going through. I thought about doing school again in the comfort of my home cooking and baking with my mom, and going to CrossFit with her with her friends. I thought about being on a dance team again and participating in Girl Scouts. And, of course, being in the teen ministry where I had very few responsibilities then. Constantly feeling these emotions made me pessimistic about being at Pepperdine and all it had to offer. 
Only daydreaming about the past led me to feel disconnected from the present and my relationship with God. I was no longer experiencing joy. I knew it was there, but I couldn't see it, which ultimately caused me to act out in sin. I spoke unkindly to my boyfriend and felt ungrateful for him and everything he had done for me. I broke trust with friends and didn't care for them as a friend should. I was jealous and envious of other people and the things they owned. I lacked self-control when it came to eating and sleeping, and I fell into impurity with lust. All these things led me to spiral into worldly sorrow. Since I failed to identify the main problem, which was, the, which was a lack of joy, these were my symptoms. I was increasingly insecure about my body and image. I had thoughts about dropping out of school, even though I knew I wasn't going to do it. Just, like, entertain the thoughts. <laughs> I felt a strong sense of having no purpose in life. I stopped building relationships within the campus ministry and focused more on the logistics and the behind-the-scenes work. I felt isolated living at Pepperdine, and I was distant from my family. I was often told by others that these feelings would pass, and I wouldn't get over it because, and I would get over it because it was just a part of life. So I ignored them, and they continued to grow to the point where I would wake up most mornings with a bitter heart. I would put on a smiling face and try to push down these emotions, but it wasn't true joy. There was a moment in this whole mess that I thought homesickness was the main route, but I quickly invalidated myself because I felt guilty for missing my family who lived like 45 minutes away while I had friends in the campus ministry whose families lived across the country. It wouldn't be fair to them if that was true, or so I thought. It wasn't until I sat down with a couple of close friends on separate occasions to process and get to the root of how and when this all began. They helped me identify homesickness as the main thing stopping me from experiencing complete joy. Homesickness seems <laughs> incredibly minor and curable, but left unnoticed, I had it I had let it grow into something so big that it was blinding me from choosing joy in every aspect of my life with friends, family, and the ministry. Since identifying why I had a lack of joy in my life, I've taken steps to reconnect and visit my family often. As small as the action step may be, spending one day at home for me is a reminder that the joy I have is always present and is always there despite my circumstances. Home reminds me of where I come from, where my roots are. It's a place that grounds me in Jesus and where I can reminisce old memories of my childhood, spend a day with my best friend, who's my mom, be in an environment where doing school is fun and motivating, do the things I love to do like working out, crafting, and cooking, and be in a safe and secluded space to rest with God, away from my peers so that way when I return to campus, I have so much more to give. As I wrap up, I want to repeat the definition of joy that Albert said. Joy is something grander than happiness. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And when we find joy, it's infused with comfort and wrapped in peace. It's an attitude of the heart and spirit, often synonymous with, but not limited to, following Christ Jesus and pursuing a Christian life. Though I still deal with homesickness, it was the fact that I was able to identify it, understand it, and work on it to choose joy in my life again. Thank you so much for letting me share my story.
Wow. Let's give it up for the college students. My name is Kenny Zuchuku, and I'm one of the ministers here. And it's so encouraging when we have young people come up and just share their hearts, right? Isn't it encouraging? It shows you that the church is not dead, it's not dying, which culture often portrays. So really encourage Albert and Sophia. Thank you for sharing and, and preaching the word. So Albert and Sophia shared vulnerably about their hearts and just this idea of the absence of joy, which is something that I think we all can feel at times. Can I get an amen for that? Well, I don't know about clapping, but we can feel it. And something Sophia said that struck me in a lesson, she said she'd wake up every morning with a bitter heart. And I just sat there and just thought of all the times that I'd woken up and thinking that everything's against me. No one loves me. No one cares about me. And all those thoughts just ruminating in my mind and thinking, I can't go talk about this in church, right? And then what Albert shared is something. He said that when his soul is off, when our souls are off, what, what are the, do we know how to identify the symptoms of that? Which is a really good question, right? Something that I think as a young college student is often something that we don't even realize, we don't even recognize. So we're going to do something that we do at the church here. And if you're online, we, we, you know, we're going to have to get to be a little interesting in how you do this back at home. But you can call someone or text someone or, or whatever. But if you're here, we're going to partner with a few people, and we're going to answer this question. It's going to lead us into communion. The question is, what are the symptoms you have that indicate a lack of joy in your life and with Christ? And if you're visiting for, for the first time, or if you're new here and you don't really like to talk, then I encourage you, find a group and you can just sit there and just listen and hear people interact. And maybe you can get something from that conversation without feeling like you have to give anything away. Uh, but for those of you who are members here and you know what we do, please break into small groups of two or three and answer this question honestly for the next few minutes. And then we'll come back and we'll close out with a prayer for the communion. Sound good? All right, let's do it. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.